The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Fell to Rushing, and we are broadcasting Mississippi Public Broadcasting, taking it on the road. And today we're in Columbus, Mississippi. Got a nice crowd out there. Say hey, everybody. Woo-hoo. Yep. And, uh, and, and some of them are funny looking, too. I got to tell you that. But they also brought plants to swap. And we're just going to be relaxing and just talking about gardening. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, it's a live program, even though we're on the road. You can give us a call. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. You have to remember to smile because you can tell when I'm frowning, even on the radio. And I frown a lot because I'm not a great gardener. I'm a garden expert. You know, and it doesn't matter what you know or what you do or how you do it. You know, people are going to talk about you. So I tend to over-accessorize to give people stuff to talk about there. I drove up here in my pickup truck, and everybody's always talking about, who you have to cover that stuff and, you know, everything. No, this, this truck that I've got, and, uh, and you, can, you can see it pretty much all over the state, is something I started in 1989. Matter of fact, I have a picture that folks who are here can come up and look at of what I look like and what my truck truck looked like in 1989 when I started out with a bag of potting soil pushed up close to the uh, the cab with a tomato, a pepper, and a periwinkle, and it grew. It survived, and it started adding to it and adding to it. Now I've got a box, and people say, well, there's a lot of stuff. It's just a box of potting soil with a lot of different plants in it, and over the years, I found out that if something dies, you just pull it up, stick something else in a hole. That's called gardening, and uh, just like sometimes we burn macaroni and cheese, you just start back over again, and uh, so over the years, I found out stuff that'll take 105 degrees, and nine degrees and 81 miles an hour. And uh, what I've done is uh, I've used some techniques that I used from a fellow. And, and again, it's a call-in program if y'all have some things you'll talk about. But one of my, my very first ever university professor, Ralph Null is here. Hey, Ralph, howdy. I, I, took, a floor, I took a Florida uh, landscape of design, but floral design. And the first project he gave me and the rest of the class to go out and find stuff along the roadside and let's arrange stuff with whatever you can find out in nature and it was crazy and i still have ralph after all these years i'm not gonna tell you how long but it was 1977 that'll give you an idea uh i still have the original bottle i found i found an old half broken glass bottle roadside and i found a piece of a twisted uh, uh barbed wire and some seed heads. I stuck some flowers in there, but I still have the, the bottle, the barbed wire, and the seed heads after all these years. And uh, Ralph taught me some stuff, uh, like so many other professors, that was correct, but it ain't always right. Sorry, brother. <laughs> For example, he taught me about when they're designing stuff about line, mass, and filler. And, and that's great, line, mass, and filler. But you have to explain what those are. And folks, we're just talking about spiky, roundy, frilly. So if you want to talk about uh, sticking stuff in a pot or designing your landscape, or just a, a, any kind of thing. If you have something spiky, something roundy, something frilly, 
people think you know what you're doing, and I'm going to thank Ralph Null for that. What we got, Sir Java? Uh, we do have a phone call this morning uh, starting things off uh, as we are in this great town of Columbus. But let's go to Corinth and talk with Mike. Mike, he meant to say he, he meant to say Corinth. <laughs> yeah, that's how I pronounce this Corinth. <laughs> but a lot of people pronounce it Corinth. <laughs> that's okay. You're a Corinthian from Corinth. That's right. <laughs> uh, I have a comment. Uh, the very last gentleman that a uh, caller from last week, uh, I believe, was from Neshoba County, and he was wanting to know how to locate his uh, fill line from his safety tank. And yeah. I've got a couple of suggestions. Uh, he can first try several bottles of uh, food coloring. And just being very careful, just pour it down the drain of his sink and uh, run a lot of water. Pardon? This is going to be fun when it comes out in the yard. Yeah, uh, it'll go away, though. It's not going to hurt anything. Uh, Probably a a yellow color or red, anything that would show up good against the green grass. Uh, If that doesn't work, uh, I'm sure he can buy a what's called a tracing dye. Off the internet. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to interrupt you. Let's stick with the let's stick with the food color, and that'll do it. Flush some food color down the toilet and see where it comes out in the yard. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I don't think it will hurt your toilet, but I would go to a sink drain and just being very careful, pour it directly in the drain and run lots of water probably you know for small bottles probably about three bottles uh large bottle a couple of bottles of that but it should show up within hours or maybe a day this is a this is a great tip man i really appreciate it thank you so much for calling with that you're welcome you have a good day thank you you know and i'm also yeah i'm also thinking you could probably eat some asparagus and go out in the yard and smell it did I say that on live radio? Okay. How about Java? Yes, that is what you said. Yeah, this <laughs> J- J- Java Chapman is he's responsible for making me tall and smart. And we really pre- we have been having a good time on the road. Yeah, we have been going uh, a lot of places, and this is a, a great day to be in Columbus, uh, Mississippi. This is actually my first time being here. It's a it's a it's a cool town, cool town. And we're down at the farmers market. Uh, and by the way, uh, b- before we go any further, while we're waiting on some calls, I want let me throw out some announcements real quick. Uh, there is going to be the farmer's market here in Columbus is going to open up uh, May the 14th, May the 15th. They're going to have all sorts of stuff getting cranked up. But also there's some plant sales going on around the, the, the state I'd like to mention. One is uh, Crosby Arboretum this weekend down at Picayune. Uh, there's going to be a sale of old roses, roses that were rooted by people who planted them in a cemetery in Jackson. If you're anywhere near Jackson on Saturday from uh, 8 till noon, they've got roses they rooted from the old historic Greenwood Cemetery, uh, which is uh, probably the, the one of the most extensive uh, groups of uh, planting of roses. It is a stunning uh, collection, and th- these, are ro- these are roses that will grow without being watered, without being fertilized. Dead people are growing these things in a cemetery. And they'll grow in your yard too. Also, the uh, October, uh, October, <laughs> October, 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 
you know, I lived there for I don't know how many, Octavio County Master Garden, they're having a plant sale. It's going to be down at the Startville Community Market next to the fire station on Saturday. So anyway, it's, uh, we, get, we got a caller. Yeah, we do have a caller. Um, and we do want to welcome anybody here in Columbus in the audience. If you have a question, the microphone is hot and ready for your question. But let's talk to Lisa in Strayhorn right now. Hey, Lisa, good morning. Good morning. Ain't it a beautiful day? So far, so good. Yes, sir. What's up? Uh, I've got a few questions. One, can I use pine needles for mulch around tomatoes? Sure. Awesome. Okay. Next question. <laughs> I want to pencil. Not, wait, 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 wait. It's not what I would use. Pardon? And here's the reason why. The, the idea of mulch is to, is to cover the ground up so the sun doesn't hit it. It helps cut down on weeds. It helps keep it from getting too hot in the summer, you know, in the sun and all like that. But I like to use a mulch that's going to also decompose and feed your soil as it, as it does. So I would rather use bark or something like that. Pine straw okay. is fine, but you got to, you got to rake it off at the end of the year. And also, crickets live in pine straw, and they tend to chew on vegetables. But ain't it pretty? It is. Okay, well, yeah. second question. I'm going to put some paper cups around the stems to keep the cutworms out. Does it matter what? if the paper's on the, the you know, those paper cups around the stems of the tomatoes? Wait, 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 wait. I, say that again. Paper cups. You know, you cut the bottom out paper of the paper cups. cup. Paper cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does it matter? That'll, that'll work. Yeah, that'll, matter that'll work. Does it goes up or down? <laughs> I'm going to say either, either. I'll, okay. I'll, do, I'll, do, I'll do every other one then. You can also wrap this, this stem of uh, tomatoes with tinfoil, and, and it's pretty. Which is better? Doesn't matter. Okay. It's just trying to, trying to make something that, that the worms can't shoot through. Okay. All right. I got ants on my peony. What? Ants? In, yeah. I have, the, the, yeah, I know. Ants and, and peonies, peonies, pionies, ants and those go together. You're not going to have peonies without ants that's okay. it ralph ralph you know you've been doing a floral arrangement have you ever seen a peony that doesn't have ants on it no uh, that's I just don't. part of okay so they ain't gonna hurt them no not gonna hurt them at all they they like that nectar okay. they're good, they're good guys. Peonies, I'll let them live then. all right and i got yeah, black spot on my roses yep so do i so does everybody grow roses in mississippi the only thing you can do is spray with a protective film as a fungicide and you have to apply it every couple of weeks because the fungicides wash off or the wear off. And if you don't keep putting it on there and new growth comes out, it doesn't have – see, in other words, you got to spray all the time. Or just take your glasses off and don't worry about it. Well, how about me? I'm, ser I'm serious about that. If you No, you, you, no this is a fungus. And uh, you need to use a – you know, I, I don't spray stuff in my yard, not because I'm against it, but because I'm lazy. So I found there are roses that do not get the disease, that don't get as much, and those that do get black spot, if you just fertilize them and prune them from time to time, they'll have new growth coming on all the time and don't have to worry about it. But if you That'll don't work. spray with fungicides, you're going to have black spot on a lot, most of the modern roses. That's just a part – that's part of growing a rose. Well, I work with uh, David. Anyway, so why waste time spraying them, huh? Yeah. Have you ever heard of David Austin roses? I'm not sure I haven't. Okay. They're for the premier rose around the world. David Austin roses, are, they sell for like $30 a bush. They're all over the world. They're the most popular English roses. The most popular rose on earth is David Austin rose. And they get black spot. And you know what they do at David Austin roses in England? They just prune them and fertilize them. Don't worry about the because they're not going to spray all the time. So it's just part of it. It's sort of like when you get old and you have hair growing over your ears, you just live with it. 
then I'll but, tell the know, old lady I, that lives with me that I, I ain't going to worry about it then. There, there you go. There you go. If you can't fix it, flee it, or fight it, flow with it. Okay. okay. Thank, you. Thank you for your call. Java, was I getting feisty? Am I getting feisty here? You get, you get uh, one of those feisty moments of show. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's just like, uh, you know, I'm, I've got degrees and, and books and all this stuff about horticulture and gardening, but my rose has got black spot. Uh, my tomatoes got spots. Uh, I've got ants in my peony. I've got, you know, and this is the kind of stuff you just learn after a while. You can either use a control approach, which is nonstop, constant battle, or else you can just relax a little bit and savor the trip if, as much as you can. So I'm not saying don't do stuff. I'm saying either you do it all. I had a lady come up early. She has some, a box full of sticker, a little, a little, uh, little thing full of sticker plants. You want to know what you can do about it? I said, buy some flip-flops. Because stickers are part of being in the South. If you have a real thin lawn, you can have stickers. If you don't have, uh, if you thicken your grass up and water and fertilize and mow right and do all the stuff it takes to have a really good lawn, you won't have stickers. Stickers are the symptom that you're not willing to do all that other stuff. And if you kill the stickers, more stickers are going to come back. So it just gets to the flip-flops. And it grows nice and green and flat. It's a pretty plant. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Horticulture's fellow Russian Java. How are we doing, man? Oh, no, we're doing good. We're doing really good today. Okay, and I got some super cheesy music coming up a little bit that I chose just for this farmer's market. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener on MPB right after this. Live from Columbus. Support for MPB comes from the Chautauqua Garden Club, holding their annual plant sale on May 1st from 10 to 2 at Railroad Park in downtown Crystal Springs. In the case of rain, the sale will be held at the Pavilion on the east side of Railroad Avenue. This is Jim Dees, host of Thacker Mountain Radio, inviting you to join us every Saturday night at 7 p.m., where we'll feature the best in literature and music. We're inviting you to reach out and put your hands on the radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. Thacker Mountain Radio on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. Each week, we talk about ways that you can maintain a healthy lifestyle. You can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your favorite podcasting app. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow Russian here in Columbus, Mississippi. Java, you said yesterday 
that last night that your children planted some seeds in some pots and you were thrilled that they sprouted. The little, the littlest sprouts that you could ever find. And but, we, we, we found them and we yeah. were so happy. So they plant some seeds, they water them, they water them a lot. That's their favorite thing to do. Okay. Overwater, in my opinion, but they're having fun. So I just let it happen. Well, we're going to ask the audience. The big question of the audience is his kids planted some basil seeds, uh, basil, if you're from England, and they've sprouted. And the question Java and I are grappling with, how many of you think that he should go out and plant and stick some little basil plants in there? How many of you think he should just let whatever happens, happens, the kids learn a terrible lesson? I mean, anybody think it's okay to go ahead if some kids are growing potatoes to go and stick some potatoes in the in there? Anybody? Is that cheating? I mean, I think it's giving them hope. <laughs> False hope. This is like I plant tomatoes every year. I never grow tomatoes. I'm terrible at growing tomatoes, but I plant them every year because it gives me hope. But knowing that they're probably not going to make it to red, I take my Sharpie pen out there and I draw smiley faces on them when they're still green. And that's good enough. So if any, if any of y'all have some questions you want to talk about, come on, yeah, come on up here. And while she's doing this, let me mention, I also have my grandmother's concrete chicken. She's been literally all over the country to Alaska. And this concrete chicken has been, uh, it, when I look at it, I don't see a concrete chicken, an old beat up piece of junk. I see my grandmother and her zinnias because that's how she kept it. And when she died, everybody said, what are we going to do with her car? Who wants to shift rope? I went out and I stole her chicken. Because that was the most important thing to her and to me too. Now, say who you got to talk right into the microphone. Yeah. I'm, I'm Nancy Reeves from Columbus. L from cl closer, not tiptoes, but closer. I am Nancy Reeves from Columbus, Mississippi, and this is my question. Uh, last summer, I was gifted a curcuma by a brother-in-law, and I did not take it out of the pot. I left it outside all winter long and it's not growing yet. Should I give up and ask him for another one? Okay. Good question. Uh, you said you're, you're, he gave you a curcuma. Yes. Which is sort of a, it's in the ginger family. Yes. It's called hidden ginger because it gets about the leaves get about knee high. And it's got a really pretty pink and, and yellow flower hidden down in the foliage is called hidden ginger. It's beautiful. Okay. If it feels firm, Go ahead and plant it. If it feels mushy, you need to go get some more. Okay. So I need to stick my fingers in the dirt. And oh, yeah. You need to get your fingers down in there and feel around. It's going to be a little creepy. That's okay. I don't mind getting my fingers okay. dirty. <laughs> and well, go ahead and just dig it up. Take it out of the pot and soil. Feel around because it's a, it's a rise. You can just take it out and completely take all the dirt off and wash it and feel it. If it's nice and firm, stick it in some real dirt and walk away from it. Good. Thank you so much. If it's mushy, go get some more. Hidden ginger. Cool little plant. Anyway, any, any other questions? Uh, what, what we're, we're just talking about gardening. That's all we're doing. I don't bite. I do get a little grouchy about some things sometimes because I'm an old guy and I get grouchy. Like, Come on up and talk right into the microphone. Tell us who you are and, uh, and what's going on. Get up real close to it. So my name is Isaac, and uh, some time ago we planted some tomato plants. Get a little bit closer to the microphone. We there you go. Pla planted some tomato plants Yeah. over the... Uh, winter there was a one week where it got super cold and it, we um are and it, there's like half yellow now yeah are the pl tomato plants good or do we need to redo them okay so y'all started some tomatoes back in the winter time kept in little pots are they you put them out in the yard yet so we bought them from a gardening sale and that they 
were already like that tall. Yeah. And we planted them in some uh, soil and stuff. So, and then over the deep freeze, they got half yellow on the leaves. Yeah. Not they sure. were inside during the freeze though, right? No, we left them in the dirt and we just covered them okay, up. Okay. Tomatoes don't, they don't like a freeze. They don't like a freeze at all. They got to have warm weather. Matter of fact, a freeze, a lot of times, if they're just yellow, you lucked up because usually it kills them. So uh, either if they're still growing, give them a little bit of fertilizer, kind of perk them up, sort of like a little Snickers bar, you know. Throw, not a, Don't fertilize a Snickers bar. <laughs> but give them a little fertilizer and perk them up. And if they don't make it, plant some more. You can plant tomatoes all the way up until August and still get tomatoes before coal. So don't feel free to start. Has anybody here ever planted a tomato and it died? Anybody? See, so in other words, that happens. So just plant again if they don't make it. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Talking about t- tomatoes. Um, I have uh, tried to grow stuff in my truck. I, I have some basil. I got some oregano, some, uh, some um, <laughs> there we go, and uh, some rosemary. And in the summertime, when the, the kale, the purple stuff, when it dies and when the pansies die, I just pull them up and stick summer stuff in the hole. Like uh, I'm going to grow with some basil and some little small pepper plants. And uh, I got some, some little compact zinnias. And, but basically, everything there just stays out all the year. I found stuff that grows really, really well, spiky, roundy, and frilly. Thank you, Ralph Noel. And, uh, and, and then I put seasonal color in there. I try to have different shapes, different sizes. Uh, different seasons, and that's where a garden is, whether it's in a flower arrangement or a box full of dirt in the back of a pickup truck or your flower bed or your whole landscape. You know, if you think about it, cypress trees are spiky, magnolia trees are roundy, and the crepe myrtles are frilly. If you put the three together, they look better together. Then you throw a little uh, urn or a bird bath or a statue or something under there. It's called accessorizing, and it works. So anyway, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. We're just talking about gardening. Love to yak with folks about stuff. And uh, if you've got some things you want to talk about, just step on up to the microphone. I'm sitting on the back of my truck. Come on up there. Sitting on my truck talking about gardening at the Columbus Farmer's Market. Howdy. Well, good morning. Good morning. I'm Reba from Octibaha County. And I have a question with pictorial evidence. Okay. My next door neighbor has got some gardenias that she had planted last year and they looked really good, but they look sort of weak this year. They're yellow. Most of the gardenias around the state got hit hard, even down on the coast. Was it the the cold? The cold, yeah. But let me show you the picture. So, and I told her that I would ask you this. Okay. You know, this is live radio and you're showing me a picture. Yeah. That's last year's leaves. They look bad. They're going to fall off. Okay. New growth will come on. Well, that's what I told her, but I said, I will consult with you. There you go. Thank you. Anybody here have a a gardenia that looks really bad? Everybody does. And the same thing with ligustrum and magnolias and all these evergreen plants. In the springtime, when they put new leaves on, the old leaves start turning yellow and get spots and they fall off. That's just the way it happens. And if you're not sure about it or if your plants get leggy, just cut them back, prune them back uh, as far as you want. They'll spread out all new growth. Uh, And by the way, the gardenias, you can also root in water. So you've got kids in the neighborhood. Stick the little cuttings in some water, see they don't root. So anyway, um, one other thing about gardenias, it, it, when their leaves turn, when they start to fall, they always turn bright yellow, and people always freak out. That's just the way they do. It, it, you know, it's just part of it. You know, put, put little smiley faces on it. So anyway, somebody come up and ask a question. We're going to talk about it. Otherwise, I'm going to start yakking about my grandmother's chicken again. Uh, I will. I will mention again that we've got some. Bring the puppy up here. What was the dog's name again? 
Ruby, Ruby licked me in the face the other day. It was a full face lick. I love it. Oh, 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 and I was wondering with my hydrangeas, do I have to put them when I cut them off into rooting powder? Okay. Uh, when she roots hydrangeas, who's, who here has rooted hydrangeas before? Come on, let's see some hands. Okay. Did you use rooting powder? No. The horticulturist in me says rooting powder, yes. The gardener in me says, ain't Mamie never used rooting powder. Her rooted fine. So if you got some, use it. If you don't have it, don't worry about it. And one other question. I bought some lemongrass. And it was so, so root bound that I had to cut the plastic. Ruby is really sniffing Granny's chicken there. Oh, she loves birds. <laughs> yeah, well, I love birds too, but Jim, just as long as you're just sniffing, I'm okay. <laughs> she, she, she doesn't do that. She's a girl. Anyway, um, the lemongrass was so root bound yeah. that I had to cut the scissors, the plastic off, and it just pull the roots. Will that destroy the roots? When I pull a plant out of a pot, and keep in mind, I've planted tens of thousands of stuff, including the day before yesterday, big trees, little trees, tomatoes, whatever. When you pull it out of the pot, it's important to booger up the roots. It's important to, and if they're root bound, it's even more important to cut it so the roots start growing outward instead of staying in a circle. Because I just cut the plastic off and cut it off. Yep. Ruby, you, you say it. You, you tell her. That granny's chicken there. Ruby, meat chicken. You bet. By the way, lemongrass is one of those real popular plants that uh, it, it doesn't usually make it through the wintertime. It has to replant it all the time. But if your plants root bound, even small zinnia plants, you put them on the pot, I always sort of butterfly the roots a little bit to help them get started out into my dirt. Uh, any master gardeners here? Okay. I said dirt, D-I-R-T, dirt. You know why? Because that is English for soil, which is French for dirt. So either, either. Tomato, tomato, soil, dirt. And dirt is a lot easier for a southern boy to say. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, <laughs> Feld, I know you got this really cheesy tune coming up. And I, I chose this tune specifically for the farmer's market here. And I'd usually wait until, you, until we play the tune to hear the tune. And this one does not disappoint. So Good. it's super cheesy. But we have Carol in Career, uh, Pearl River County, on the phone. Okay, Carol, he meant to say Carrier. I uh, live in Carrier. Uh, picking animal shelter has a fundraiser the first Saturday in every month. And I didn't hear a word you said. I, I didn't know. What, what was the question again? Picking animal shelter has a fundraiser the first Saturday in every month. That's tomorrow. Yeah. And I donate lots of plants. I have black walnut trees, split pumpkin daylilies, rose of Sharon, hibiscus, all kinds of good stuff. So well, where, anybody, where is this going to be? Where is this going to be? Support a good cause. What, 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 where, is, uh, where is it going to be again? Picayune Animal Shelter. Okay. Well, we appreciate that. I hope you have a good turnout. I do, too. Thank you. Thank you. All righty, folks. We're going to be talking about gardening for the next one. Uh, what time is it going to be? We, uh, I mean, we got time to do that cheesy tune yet? 
It's it's all up to Jay White in the uh, in the studio helping okay. helping us both be tall and smart. I do this uh, cheesy tune uh, when I first started with MPB, which has been a long time ago, a long time ago. I did it as a way to sort of break things up because I get frazzled. I'm not a you know I'm just I I, I lose my train of thought, and I do this sort of like to take an etch a sketch and turn everything upside down and start all over again. So when we listen, this little cheesy tune is a couple of minutes long. We're gonna come back with your live phone calls here, Mississippi Public Broadcast. On the road in Columbus, Mississippi. folks welcome back for the culture's fellow rushing Woo-hoo! and uh, we're gonna go str- all righty from columbus mississippi down to had we we did a live broadcast from hattiesburg anyway we're going back to hattiesburg and talking with robert good morning sir how are you doing well Father. how are you 
So far, so good. A little nervous, but it's okay. I've got a dog barking at my chicken. <laughs> oh, I've got a rooster crowing at my shop and uh, one pretty close to my house right in the middle <laughs> of the city. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get more live radio than this. So what you got going on? What's up this morning? I've got a question about a magnolia tree. Okay. Uh, I've got a rather large one, probably 18 to 20 inches in diameter on the trunk, uh, 30-ish feet tall. Big, big uh, tree. Big tree. It is growing and, of course, has been for quite a while. In between the sidewalk and the street in front of my house, the roots right. have destroyed the sidewalk in that area. Uh, I would love to just pour the sidewalk back in a nice little curve between the roots of that and an also gigantic loblolly pine uh, that's about 10 feet from it. So, so what does he want to do? What, what you like want to do? Know, I would like to know how much of the root can be cut into because the sidewalk has to be poured back straight. The tree can't go. The sidewalk can't be curved. How much of the okay. root can be cut into that tree without killing it? Okay, think of an umbrella. You're out in the rain. you got an umbrella and got all those spines going in every direction with the fabric. How much of that are you willing to cut off and still stay dry? You know, see what I'm saying? Their roots right. go straight out. They, they grow out from the trunk, like sticking your arms out and wiggling your fingers. And if you cut a big root, you're cutting off hundreds of miles of feeder roots. So if you cut one, not a big deal. Two, eh, three, the tree's starting to suffer. That's how it makes it live. And the, tr right. the roots are shallow. They're shallow because they can't, get, they can't breathe down deep. Roots stay on top of the ground when the ground is heavy or wet. So if you cover them up, too deep they'll rot but if you cut them off you're cutting off the plant's ability to feed itself so right. my rule of thumb is none maybe a little bit and any more than that you're on your own i i, I do understand and that is uh, exactly what i expected to hear i was more curious hey, really can, can to, will it kill the whole tree or will it just kill the development on that side of the tree uh, in hardwood trees, usually the roots on one side are connected to limbs in general on that side. Pines, they go, they swirl their stuff all around. So uh, have you thought about maybe doing a raised little walkway above the roots and make it more of a, you know, with a little step up and some night lighting and maybe a pot of plants off to one side and turn it into uh, uh, an interesting little walkway instead? That is an option that I've considered. And if I can get it done, uh, within the guidelines of the ADA compliance because it is a city sidewalk. Oh, it's a city sidewalk. Yes, it oh. is a city sidewalk, and that okay. is the whole, the whole problem. <laughs> okay, you're on your own. <laughs> okay, no. so if we cut it, it, the, it, 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 the sidewalk back where it is, it's probably just going to kill the tree. Yeah, you know, okay. anyway, just try not to cut any more roots than you have to. I mean, it, we're, if it was your leg, we're talking about cutting it cutting into it right past the ankle oh that ain't squat okay okay i mean you know like the the humps at the side right where the roots meet the ground the large yeah yeah i get i get it you know we've roots. all we've all seen sidewalks humped up but try, try not try not to cut any more roots than you have to okay now let's see what okay. happens good luck on it thank you you know, I'm real bottom line about stuff. I helped uh, uh, teach uh, the, the laboratory exercise for the arboriculture class at Mississippi State, learned all about tree surgery and stuff like that. And trees don't want to be cut. Bushes don't mind being cut to the ground. Crepe myrtles, you can put a crepe myrtle with a drunk driver in a pickup truck, and they'll sprout back out. But uh, trees, they make their living through their roots, and we try not to cut off any more than we have to. Anybody have any questions about stuff? Come on. Okay, we got a California gal. She's from... Uh, 
San Bernardino, California, as I remember, just on the other side of the Mojave Desert. What's up? Hey, good memory. Um, my name's Hannah. I have tons of pine trees all over my property. Yeah. I would really love to grow some vegetables and flowers, but it's mostly shade. So. Yeah, vegetables need, they need sunshine. You can grow leafy stuff like uh, like lettuces and greens and things like that. But if you want something that's gonna have fruit on it, it takes a lot of energy from the sun. Okay. So uh, what I would do is I would find the, the, the brightest spots you have and maybe grow some containers or something, but this is gonna be hard. And in the winter time, the sun's at a little bit more of an angle. You can actually grow some cool stuff over the winter, lettuces and kale and collards and, and uh, broccoli and all that kind of stuff in the winter time because the sun's more of a, at an angle. But over, you're not going to be able to grow very many. But, you know, have fun trying it. Put some begonias in with it so you have something pretty to look at while you're waiting to see if the vegetables do anything. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Well, uh, we do have a, a phone call. Okay. A if, call came pouring in. Yeah, if you want to do that. Uh, we're going back to Hattiesburg, and we have uh, Katrina. Hey, Katrina. Good morning. Hello. Katrina. Oh, well, that's my fault. It's Christina. Oh, Christina. Hey, Christina. How are you? Thank you, Jay White. Hey, Christina. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, indeed. Everybody oh. in this whole town can hear you. Cool. I, I'm, I'm in the country, so my reception. Anyways, so to your previous Hattiesburg conversation about the magnolia tree. Um, right. I'm, I'm actually like I'm in Summerall, so I'm just north of Hattiesburg. And if he's anywhere near Summerall, if he can talk to the mayor, which is Heath Summerall, he is so into like uh, trees and uh, like if he needs help saving that sidewalk, then that mayor will definitely help. So we're gonna bring the, that. We're, we're gonna bring the big guns in from Summerall. Exactly. That works. Yes. That works. And, and there's some but, creative things. There's there are some. Cre it is possible to 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 make an ADA uh, 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 compliant raised boardwalk type thing if he wants to do that. And I love it. Yeah. And so just quickly, like, so my question. Um, oh, but first, your cheesy music. Love it so much. It makes me really happy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thumbs up and, from Sunroll. Oh, yeah. And it's so not cheesy to me. It's just like happy and historical. And okay, so my question is, um, so your advice uh, about landscaping around a house to either deter termites or just be like, hey, hey, termites, we don't want you here, you know, like, you know, to not give them extra food. So your advice. Um, well, if, if you, it's, it's important to mulch, but uh, first of right. all, you don't have to plant, you don't have to have stuff up against the house. So many people put this little green worm, a little mustache of plants right up against their house. If right. you go out a few feet, you actually have better dirt and it looks the same from the street. But any, if you can keep some bare space between the mulch and the foundation, that'll help a lot. That'll help a lot. Uh, mulch doesn't attract termites, but if they find it, they like it. Right. And, they, and they'll do fine. But the main thing is pull the mulch back from the base of the house itself so there's a little dirt. Right. Awesome. Great. That's all right. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I, I got to ask you this. Where are you from anyway? Ohio? Oh, no. I've, I mean, I've um, grew up in Virginia and Tennessee, ah. lived in California okay. for 10 years. I've lived all okay. over the place. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. 
yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, you enunciate. You don't you don't talk like most Southern. You enunciate. No, we I, I moved that. back here for to help my mom. I was born in Mississippi, but uh, yeah, I moved back here. So well, I'm here now. Appreciate yeah. appreciate you being part of the program. And and oh, I boy. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Okay, folks, uh, we're still talking about gardening. If you got some things you want to talk about, what's up, Java? And that that was just a love fest right there. I it appreciate I, mean, I appreciate I Katrina so I much. Feel great. I feel great. <laughs> I felt the good vibes over the over the airwaves. I feel great. <laughs> My granny's chicken is starting to get jealous here. <laughs> well, let's 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 stay on the phone, and now we um, have Bill in Greenwood. Hey, Bill, what's going on, man? Oh, not too much feather. Enjoying the weather. Uh, uh, I got a song suggestion for you uh, from 1931. John McCormick, you ever heard of him? He sings mm-hmm. Where the Prince Well, It's a good Irish song about gardening. Okay, I'll, ch- I'll check it out. What's your, what's your question about gardening? Hey, I'd like to buy, and do you know where I can find a, uh, a flag of Bonnie Blue flag with the Magnolia nope. tree, like Mississippi? Well, uh, yeah, go, go, go online. You can find it. You can find it online. I went online, but I couldn't find it. But you know, maybe I will. Yeah, just 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 go online. They got all sorts of uh, flags there. There, that's where I get my I get my my new Mississippi flag, which I've got on my truck. The new Mississippi flag with the with the magnolia flower on it. Uh, you can get it locally in Jackson, but I get mine online. Just does perfectly well. You got one, cool flag. Yeah, and I'm looking right across here from the farmer's market, looking at a big magnolia tree, our state flower, our state tree, and it's now on our state flag. We appreciate that. Now, Felder, earlier, well, I don't know. Are we going to break, Jay? Let me know. Now you go ahead. Okay, no, I was just going to say, Felder, earlier you were talking about the Greenwood Cemetery? Yeah. I don't want to say you were wrong, but you got the time is mixed up. Instead of starting uh, at 8 o'clock, it starts at 9. Okay. We just got that across the... the they, they're selling roses, uh, rooted roses from the Greenwood Cemetery, which is downtown Jackson. Uh, you can you can go one block north of the state capitol. They got an 1820s old Garden Park type cemetery, and it's got roses all over the hardy roses, smelly roses, really good, old, you know, not any modern hybrid stuff, but the kind that bloom all the time. And uh, if you get there early, just go around and smell the roses till they start selling them. So get there at 8 o'clock, and they'll start selling at 9 o'clock. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a real quick break. I'm Horticulture's fellow Rush. I get real flustered. You know, usually it's just me and Java looking at each other uh, across a glass window and then making rude gestures and stuff like that. But, it, but you know, when you got dogs barking at your chicken, you know, it sort of throws your timing off a little bit. Anyway, uh, there are some plants here. A lot of things going on around the state. If I can help you promote them, shoot us an email. We'll be glad to help. Meanwhile, from the live from the Farmer's Market downtown Columbus, Mississippi, the Gestalt Gardener with uh, Java Chapman and uh, Jason Klein and all the other folks here at MPB. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener right after this. I'm Ryder Taff, co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Podcasts can be found on our website or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
Hi, this is Grassroots host Bill Ellison. You know, after more than 20 years, you'd think I might have run out of Bill Monroe and Doc Watson songs to play. Well, not so. The bluegrass, acoustic, and folk music scene is vibrant with new names like Sarah Jaros and the Punch Brothers. There are always new stories from Guy Clark and Ramblin' Jack, and legendary bluegrassers Ralph Stanley and Del McCurry are still high and lonesome. And besides, I still find a song from Bill and Doc I've never played. Join me Saturday night at 8 for Grassroots on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to an encore presentation on MPB Think Radio. We're not able to take your call right now, but you can always reach us through email. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. we got just under 10 minutes to talk about gardening. If you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Got all these folks sitting around here at the farmer's market. They're just looking at me. And somebody come up and ask a question. Get up there and ask something. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Just get scoot up to that microphone and keep it clean. I'm up close to the microphone. I'm looking at you. I'm from Ohio, so how do I sound? Uh, you sound fine, Ohio. Cincinnati, I'm back here. Cincinnati. Cincinnati um, is really northern Kentucky. I get that. Right. Or northern Kentucky is actually Cincinnati. Right. right. Okay. So anyway, I came from Cincinnati and I brought, I had just beautiful, beautiful, I call them peonies. You call them peony. 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 Peonies. Okay. So I don't know which one. I brought them here and I'm not where, sure where I'm going to be for a while. So my friend is kind of holding them for me in her garden. They're doing terrible in Starkville. I planted one here and it's thriving. What's the difference? I mean, I just yeah. pull them out of the ground up there and just stick them and they grow. Well, in, 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 uh, in Ohio, Northern peonies do great. And by mm-hmm. the way, I have a letter from the American Peony Society. I wrote to them because there's only a few that will bloom here in the South. Okay. Only the ones that are really early bloomers. Cause most of the time they need a long cold spell, set flower buds. We don't get that here, just like we can't grow cherries. But the peonies that do really well are the early bloomers up north. Usually still a little snow up there. So uh, we, anyway, I wrote to the American Peony Society and said, what's the secret to growing peonies in the south? And I have an official letter on their letterhead that said, we're sorry, but peonies don't grow in the south. So that's the reason I call them peonies, because we're growing something. <laughs> <laughs> but the, here, here, here in the south, they need to be they need to be planted shallow, okay. you know, pr- work the dirt pretty good. Plant them shallow, not a little bit deeper up north where the, the where the little buds are on top of the ground, and just try not to water them too much. It's Dawn's garden, and she's yeah. a gardener. But and we we have some great peonies peonies that that bloom all over Mississippi, but uh-huh. only the early bloomers, and only if they don't get a lot of lot of water. Also, they need sunshine to bloom well, but here in the south. They get a, too much sunshine. They look terrible towards the end of the year. So if you get them where they have morning sunshine and then protection of the hot afternoon sun, they'll get the sun they need without all the heat. Well, I only have, I mean, they I, bloom I'm just like saying, a um, month. I, oh, well, they, 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 month, they like they May ain't, or something. They ain't had time to get established. So just, you know, they're just, they're, just treat them like daylilies and they'll either, you know, takes a little while. Okay. Yeah, pe- peonies, peonies. And if, and if you're from Arkansas, we're talking about pionies, right? Anyway, peonies and peonies, I get a lot of questions about stuff. What grows well here? When I studied plant materials at Mississippi State, a guy named Lester Estes, 
from Macon taught me all this stuff. And he taught about all sorts of old fashioned plants, really cool plants that heirlooms uh, that you see in towns like Columbus and Hattiesburg and in Oxford and the old parts of town, things like what they call English dogwood or mock orange. You're not going to find those at garden centers, but they're great old plants. Uh, peonies are the kind of plants where if you see one that's doing well, it's because you got it from somebody who found one that, you know, the garden club ladies planted all sorts of peonies all over Mississippi and 15, 20, 30 years later, there's only three or four blooming well. Those are the ones you want. And we know the names of them. So if you want to grow those, instead of buying them at a garden center, not knowing what you're getting, find, try to find out what does well locally and plant those. So that's just, you know, they're top 10 perennials up north, but uh, it, just like hostas. You can't grow hostas on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. Uh, so, but people try anyway. So then we look and find out there's a plant called peacock ginger that looks like a hosta, and we grow those instead. So, you know, find stuff that if you can't do what you want to do, if you can't love it can't be with the plant you love. Love the plant you. <laughs> Whatever. Now, Whatever. Felder, we've been we've been on the road, and Columbus is our third stop for our live broadcast. But our next live broadcast is going to be in Natchez next Friday, and we actually have Benji on the phone in Natchez right now. Okay, Benji. Good morning. I'm looking forward to being. We're going to be broadcasting live from Natchez next Friday morning. Hope to see you there. What's up? Hey, Felder. Hey, Java. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I'll be quick and not ramble. Uh, glad to, excited to hear y'all coming to Natchez. Got a lot going on down here. Um, what can you tell me about transplanting slender vervain? Well, slender vervain, which, uh, which is, is, a, is one of the best butterfly plants in my garden. If you're going to move, you, you're talking about digging them from the roadside, putting your yard or from your yard to someplace else in your yard. Uh, no, sir. Oh, yeah. uh, digging them from from the roadside, okay. uh, transplant them like in a pot or in the yard or. Yeah. It's always, you know, people dig plants when they're in bloom, which is the worst time to dig a plant. Cause that's, that's when it needs all of its roots connecting things. You're messing with the plant at the peak of when it needs everything it's got. If you're going to move it from the roadside or from one side of the yard to the other, cut it back, cut plants back. And that takes all the stress off them by the time they get new roots established, they're starting to spread out new growth. But whether it's a okay. wild vervain or any kind of plant, or are you talking about that real brilliant purple-looking stuff? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not the, not the tall vervain, but the real brilliant purple stuff, right? Yes, sir. It's kind of low, kind of low the ground, maybe four yeah, to that, six that's, inches tall. That's, that's actually, yeah, that's actually an Argentina ver, uh, verbena, verbena rigida. It's got real, and if, if you don't cut it back, it's going to wilt before you get it back to the car. So cut it back, move the roots, okay. set it out, water it, and they'll spread out new growth before you know it. If you don't cut it back, it's going to suck itself dry and die. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Look okay. forward to seeing you all next Friday. I, I got I to tell you one other thing. Notice where the wild verbena is growing along the roadside and just miserable dirt, hard pack, nothing, just mulch with broken glass. If you put it in a decent garden with decent soil and fertilize and water it, you can have beautiful plants and no flowers. It wants to be miserable. Treat it that way. Okay. All right. Well, look, I okay. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay. I might see you at Fat Mama's Tamales after uh, uh, Thursday night. Java, you, you get, we're going to be in Natchez next week, right? My my father's hometown. Okay, we're gonna be doing we're gonna do be doing fat mamas for us all over the tamales. Is this the end of the program? We're done, Felder. What? We're out of time. Okay. Oh.
I didn't know that. I was just having fun here. Anyway, thanks, y'all, folks. If you get a chance, take a kid to a farmer's market. The one here in Columbus is going to open on May the 15th. Take a kid to a garden center. Take them. Just go out in the yard and wiggle your fingers around and show them something. Teach kids how to do what we do best, and that's what? Get dirty. Get dirty. Okay, thanks again for everybody. We'll see y'all same time, same place. Oh, no, we're going to be in Natchez next week. Thank you.